0: Hello and welcome to another segment of Going Up Crazy, and it seems like the discussion about cursing was actually a little bit more popular than the discussion about lucid dreaming, which honestly doesn't really surprise me at all, not because of the subject matter, but because the discussion on cursing is about forgiveness, and that goes directly in line with with what I I know I should be talking about anyway. Moment of truth, complete truth, full disclosure here right now. The Lucid Dreaming Manual was honestly something that I had written for years and just really decided to publish a year ago and then put it up and took it down, mostly because in my natural state, Justin is in, in his natural state doesn't like doing this, to be completely honest. I actually have spent most of my life on the beach at night or wandering around randomly in state and federal parks talking to my invisible friend who I... God or Spirit or the universe or whatever. And that's honestly I've spent most of my life and I'm totally happy doing that or at least was until I moved back to Melbourne, Florida. And I was one of the first days back I was on a beach in that Cadaveral National Seashore and clearly got the message that I was to learn forgiveness, compassion and love. And uh, I was sitting there on the beach it was like Spirit uh, you got the wrong guy. I'm definitely not somebody to learn about those three things in particular. And I got the message as well, like, no, you don't understand. You're going to learn them, and you're going to learn them so well you're going to teach them. And then I really started laughing. And this was backed up later by a friend of mine that I told about having this experience. Now, granted, this experience was facilitated by LSD, which I still will take on occasion, rare occasion. I think last year was only twice. But... Uh, just to get that extra little edge when communicating with the universe, and uh, I told this the same story about learning compassion, love, and forgiveness to another friend of mine who who just blatantly laughed in my face, and and not like a ha ha laugh, like a mocking laughter right in my face, and yes, I it is a friend of mine. I do consider those people friends because I do it too. Like I said, I, I work on boats and I'm used to it. <laughs> and uh, I'm all also Gen X and old school crowd and that's how males still show bonding in this, uh, in this day and age. Although we are slowly coming around. We are working through it. We are beginning to actually embrace the softer sides of our nature. Again, like I said, I'm becoming more and more familiar with forgiveness, compassion, and love. So these are good things, and I realized, too, that these are actually detrimental to my evolution and spirit and to my ultimate desire for personal freedom uh, and spiritual freedom, and they're actually a cornerstone of those things, which brings me to why I'm doing all this right now. I really do prefer my time alone in the parks and, and have for my entire life, basically. But one thing I did realize was that I did have a level of self-importance attached to to my spirituality as well. I take my spirituality very seriously, it's probably the only thing in my life I do take seriously. It's funny because when I'm at work they honestly believe that I'm a responsible adult deserving of handling millions of dollars worth of equipment. (laughs) Those fools, we have them all fooled, if they only knew. (laughs) But uh, but the one thing I do take seriously is my spirituality, And, and serious is not bad taking yourself seriously and being attached to the image you have of yourself, that's what I call self-importance, is being overly attached or attached honestly at all to the description that you've created concerning you and defending that description as well. That's not what I mean by serious. Uh, Serious is seeing a tiger without the bars in the way. You know, serious is is uh, the rattlesnake. That's serious because it's a situation that demands your attention. And that's what I mean by serious when I relate it to spirituality is because a lot of times these things are serious and especially when you're off the beaten path as I have tend to wander through the course of my life. They do have spiritual and sometimes physical consequences. So but what I also found out was that my self-importance was was attached to spirituality as well. and. One of the benefits that this is doing for me is that I'm not faking it. What, what I, when I do these recordings, I genuinely get in a position to where I, I convince myself that I enjoy doing it. And then I proceed from this space. And then really it's just whatever the hell comes out of my mouth hole that is what you hear. As long as I maintain the space to where I actually enjoy doing this and enjoy telling others about these ideas and these experiences that I've had, and these thoughts that I have... I find that it acts as a dissolving force on my own personal history, and that in turn helps me dissolve some of the self-importance I have concerning these spiritual things, and ultimately gets me one step closer towards personal freedom, which is my ultimate goal. So this is why I'm doing this. It's not as a uh, uh, this is not my version of Duckface, and. I'm only familiar about that. I was visiting with my daughter and it was funny. I got to look on her phone and I saw there was literally like 50 pictures of the exact same picture. It looked like the exact same timestamp as well, of like just minor variations in her face. I guess this is what young people do now, trying to capture that perfect image, you know, that perfect shot of themselves. And I turned, I was laughing, and I was like, is this what you really do all day when you're not talking to me? And you just sit there just taking pictures of yourself, just young people the world over, burning through gigabytes of data, all with relatively the exact same picture, and her boyfriend started laughing. He was like, yeah, that's pretty much what she does. She was like, shut up, no, I don't, but anyway, you know, I saw the evidence of it, I know what it's about. And no, this isn't that. This is, this is honestly a way of trying to, for a moment, encapsulate something that I'm not, or at least have never been throughout the course of my life for the purpose of using it as a dissolving force against my own personal history for the ultimate pers- purpose of seeking personal freedom. And uh, I re- fully realize that um, that will only make sense to a few people and that's okay because I'm hoping though, this is, this is, I guess, I don't know if it's a vanity of mine, but I am hoping that this carries across and the right person might need to hear that message and, and, and that might, this might resonate with somebody and ultimately have a, a good in the world outside of just the good it's doing for me so get back into it cursing volume 2 2.0 uh back by popular demand and because there was a couple things we left out about cursing before we covered in the last one about just the thought form cursing and that's the kind of cursing we do to ourselves and the kind of cursing we do to other people where we're just either directing energy inward or outward usually as a result of a personal trauma experience in our past that was then glossed over experiencing a loss of personal power and then out of that space of a lacking of personal power oh and also disassociating ourselves from our connection with the divine with source in the process, which is the reason for experiencing that lack of personal power. And then the ways in which we try to compensate for that feeling of loss of power. So that was really what we talked about in Cursing 1.0, the the cursing we do to ourselves and the cursing we do to others. And the reason why it's an importance to seek forgiveness first for our cursing of others, because our cursing of others actually grows out of that space of being hurt ourselves. So in order to get to that, You know, in order to get to that root, we have to first deal with the branch and the branch is the shit we dump on other people. We seek forgiveness for that first. Then we can get at the root, which is the shit that's been done to us and offer forgiveness for that that has been done to us and not being damaged anymore, having a much better life. Now, the second part of this, like what I said before, was cursing that's done with entities, with other beings, I call it energy consciousness, really it's, it's, some people say ghosts, in religion they call it demons, and this is where I was saying before where it really gets into a lot of the woo-woo, and it is important though, it is very important, and we'll see why it's important in a sense, and why it relates to forgiveness as well, because how these beings move through our world, and what they are, and how they're used honestly, and very much used by the people in power, has a direct relationship on our life. And this is, okay, so just so you know, this is where we're going to get a little bit off the beaten path, actually probably a lot off the beaten path for a lot of people. So I'll just try to keep it short. And we might have to reference some of these things later as well. If there's any questions, go ahead and leave them in the comments, because I know they're going to be talking about a lot of things as if people understand or have read about them before, and maybe they haven't. But let me just jump right into it. To just say that the, the world operates as like an energy torus, I've seen it my entire life while meditating. I used to think it was an eye because it appears like an eye to you when you're meditating. And also, I do want to say that this by no means is gospel. This is just my reflections on things I've experienced. This, but I've had the experiences and then i formed descriptions after them. Descriptions are in no way the experience itself. This description is just the comeuppings of my brain pan when cooking later on the things I experienced in that moment. And when I experienced it in that moment, it was with more of a, an awareness of direct knowing. That was nonverbal, non language based. And this is just my extrapolation of that experience after the fact. So take that for what it is. And I believe. Most religions are exactly what I'm doing right now. Now, granted, they have way more clout than I do. This is just me waxing philosophic on the things that have happened to me in the past. I just have the conscious memory of all these things having happened to me. What I talk about here in these recordings, this isn't like just me being philosophical. This is me discussing the things that I've actually experienced directly. One of them being what I used to think of as an eye. Because it appears like an eye to me, or it always has when I've been meditating, it just sort of draws me in. When I first started astral traveling, it was through this eye, through meditation. I would meditate, I would see an eye in front of me and I'd move through it. It wasn't until later that I got a different definition for it or a different understanding of it, and that was through the Taurus or the toroidal field in sacred geometry and also in physics. And that's energy moving in two different directions. So what I believe these forces that we consider demons are, is really just energy moving in the other direction. We experience it as a deconstructive force, we're going to oneness, they're going to void. And the space where oneness and void meet in the center of the torus, that's what I call the great mystery. What the fuck that is, I got absolutely no idea. I just know it exists, I've seen it, that's my word for it, that's my understanding of it. As flawed, imperfect, and human as that happens to be, this is just the result of my own personal experiences. And I'm just relating them here for you, because hell, why not? (laughs) So so really what we think of as these is energy moving the other direction and they're good at at deconstructing, they're deconstructive forces. And they work very good on curses for sending because usually you're doing it because you're upset at somebody. And all of those energies that we associate with negative or bad are deconstructive energies, and that's the soup these beings swim in. They swim in it much better than us, and it energizes them instead of harms them. For us human beings, these energies harm us. For them, it actually makes them powerful. That's why they're so willing to work with us towards it if we're dumb enough to do it, if we're dumb enough to allow them to operate as deconstructive forces in our own lives and the eyes of others, then hey, we deserve what we got coming to us. And again, like I said before, that's not the path of freedom. That's when your personal bitch fest has supplanted your natural desire for love and freedom. But to each their own, we've all been stuck there. God knows I did it, raised my hand, you know, I have been that angry to where it was like, motherfucker, you going down with me. And was able to reach out and these things would actually come to me and we were able to utilize these forces. Again, horrible idea. Worse than getting a car on a used car lot on credit at a buy here, pay here place. They are worse than house guests. You cannot get rid of them once they arrive. Literally like having a crackhead living with you. Horrible experience. I, I firmly am standing... Do not do this. This is my full disclaimer, but this is also the point that I've come to now understanding and understand where they come from I and mean, the place that they have in our world and why they're so prevalent is because as we go back to what we were talking about in the first lesson, why we feel the need to do these things in the first place is because we feel that we experience a lack of power or a reduction in power, usually while young, usually as a result of being hurt by somebody that we see as being more powerful than us. And we try to, instead of trying to heal and open up our own sort our own connection with the spirit, we, we end up just trying to take that power from some outside force, either through love, either through just like trying to massage it out of people, like the need that we want of feeling good back through other people, or by dominating them through things like fear, anger, frustration, things like that. And if you look at the world, if you look at the world that we have in, a lot of the how our world is constructed is This is a a very prevalent part of our world, and you have to stop and actually wonder why. Why is this such a prevalent part of our world? And what I believe here is one of the reasons why it's so prevalent in the world, because it's the way our world is constructed. If you look at our world, especially our economic systems, our societal systems, all of the the government, um, corporations, all the banking systems, all of the systems that we have in place that really govern our world. A lot of these are these pyramid-shaped, you know, top-down approach to governance in which resources and power and control is all flowing from the base of the pyramid up. It's all concentrated at these small centers of power. And I don't know if you've ever done any reading as far as... Who owns the largest corporations? Who owns the largest media outlets? Who owns the banking structure? You'll begin to see like in the corporate arena, you know, it's companies like Vanguard and BlackRock that control trillions of dollars, literally are parent companies that control trillions of dollars of research in the stock market. And the families that own these corporations, you know, it's all a very murky business when you actually get to it. But this isn't cloak and dagger. This isn't Illuminati. These are registered corporations that exist that you can look up. They just don't happen to make the news very often. Also, you know, if you look at the international banking structure, say, the private banking institutions that make up the Federal Reserve, the, the Federal Reserve is really nothing more than a collection of private banking institutions that loan the government money with interest. And I always wondered for the longest time, where does this interest go that's being paid back to these loans for the privilege of them coining our money for us? And so I, I saw the interplay between the, um, the parent companies in the stock market and the investment groups that run the Federal Reserve. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. All this money that's going to interest is what is being used to dominate the stock market. So then not only do they dominate the banking structure, but they also dominate the stock market. And this is how we do things like funnel millions, if not billions, of dollars in political campaigns to purchase politicians. And that's been being done for forever. The politicians aren't the ones really running the show. And if you don't recognize that yet, then we definitely have a lot of catch-up to do. Maybe we'll do a whole other episode based on this. But the one thing that you notice, if you do look into these families and you do look into these structures— and this is when we do get into these societies, is you do see that they do have a fetish for the occult. The things that I'm talking about right now, this is not just me saying this, if you look into any reference for it, uh, Bohemian Grove, if you look at the, uh, the Freemasons or any of these things, you'll notice that there's a. they have a hard on for the occult. They have a hard on for these things that I'm talking about right now, and I believe because they are probably, the people that are actually born into these families, that are groomed from a very early age to take over mastery of the world, and mastery of these financial and business economic systems, are groomed from a very early age. They don't go to school with the rest of us, they're not socialized. They go to prep schools, you know, they're privately tutored, you know, they're flown to England to have their suits tailored. And they're bred into this world to where it's just this constant high-pressure environment I think the ones that wash out are the ones that we know and love as trust fund babies that are running amok on reality TV right now. But the ones that actually make it through this process with only the mild damage like raping kittens or whatever the hell they do in their free time, you know, they come out as as very—I imagine come out as— At this point, you have a a very much a lack of power, a very need to dominate, they call it a will to power, a need to dominate and a need to control. And I know personally from my own spiritual practices, the more I get into personal freedom, the less and less of a will to power that I have, the less of a desire I have to be in charge of anybody or anything, the more I just want it to be free and open and fluid, and the more I feel energized by just freedom and love and these things that come with it. And so I can only imagine from taking the stance of what kind of mindset would actually desire to be at the helm of these multifaceted systems of governance that require running the planet. Like if you look at the things that happened to be done recently, like COVID and now the ramping up of Ukraine, Every single lever was being pulled at every single level of government, every single level of regulation, every single level of social media, every single level of the news, every single level of Hollywood. Every single lever was being thrown across the board. And just the sheer monumental effort it would have had to take to just ramp up that kind of mobilization who fucking wants it and we're talking about a group of people that literally have trillions of dollars at their disposal to do with as they please and they choose to spend their time this way so this is why I'm I'm saying all of this is because I do believe bringing it all back to center that these people above all deserve our prayers the most you know I said one of the quickest past the freedom that I found in my own world with when it comes to escaping cursing is I start off my morning prayers as praying for the people that I don't like. And one of the things I think we all need to do is to start praying for our leaders, praying for their connection with Source to be reopened, praying for their connection with, with Spirit to be reopened, praying for the grace and soul of, of the universe to descend upon them, to really just blast open their connection, link with Spirit, with Source and everything and to flood them with the feelings of peace and fulfillment that they I believe they so desperately need. And that's why I'm putting this one out there right now is when it comes in terms with the, uh, the dealing with energy consciousness because I'll be totally honest, I think they're employing those across the board. I, I was recently stayed at a, uh, at a hotel in Defuniak Springs, which ended up being a converted Mason Lodge, which as I was taking the tour of it, there was a secret staircase leading to the second floor where they actually did sacrifice, ritualistic sacrifice. And the guy's explaining this all to me. And, and I was like... All right. So I'm staying the night. <laughs> I picked this place randomly. I was picking up a car in the Phoniac Springs. And the thing was, is the guy that was explaining to me, he was like, oh yeah, I have an investor. It's a friend of mine down from Miami. And he came and, and everything had been restored. We were going to restore it as like a historical site, but it had been restored with antiquated furniture. And what I noticed is that there was ritual implementation in every single room. Every single room had a mirror and a sun at a spot to where you couldn't even see your own reflection. It was up in the ceiling. And and you could tell, like, whoever put this whole thing together was putting it together. It's just one giant energy portal. And as I said before, I don't interact with me. It was almost like going to the zoo. I mean, you're not afraid of the lion at the zoo when you see it because you're not interacting with the lion. If you're on the inside of the cage with that lion, then yeah, there's something to be worried about. But no, I stayed the night there and went on my way with my vehicle. But this stuff is alive and well. I'm just bringing that out as a small for instance. This stuff is alive and well and it's actively being employed and it's being employed by the people that do run the show. And I believe because they are so closed off from their connection with spirit, that it is really just produces almost like a void that they are trying to fill with the control of the planet. And the only way you can create somebody like that, that actually wants to spend their lives do controlling the planet when they could literally do absolutely anything with their lives, is you groom them since birth to be just basically these these just broken persons that's just bent on, that's such a sociopath that the only thing they have left is taking from others. That's what I honestly believe is, is in charge and is running the show, and I do believe that they employ these this consciousness of the energies moving in the opposite direction because I just see it. I see it everywhere. I see the dynamic of it, and I understand it intuitively because I myself did it when I was a fucked up 16-year-old, you know, and in hindsight, I'm looking back. I'm like, ah, I see what you did there. God, I feel for you. And and it really gave me the sense that they, above all people, are the ones we should pray for because people are either completely oblivious to what's going on, the way the world actually is ran, and the way the world actually works, or they are aware of it and they are angry and Being angry is still being, staying in that curse. You're cursing them, they're cursing you, and honestly, they're winning. They're fucking winning. (laughs) The only thing we could do to even begin to try to remotely rectify this situation is to pray for them and pray for their open, divine connection with source and intent because that is what is missing and that's what we have to do. And that is also how we send away these creatures of consciousness because what they're feeding on is they're feeding on the fear, they're feeding on the energy, they're feeding on the hostility, they're feeding on the anger and the problem when it's being directed by one of these energy consciousness instead of just simply being a thought form is they're very clever and they're creatures of energy and they understand energy well and they almost massage us like a tit. They really do when we have one of these things on us they know exactly how to massage us to keep our attention focused on these dark places to keep producing this kind of energy that serves them and weakens us. So it's imperative to our survival as a species, it's imperative to the survival of our planet to really get our shit back together, to be completely honest, and start doing this and doing it for yourself, do it for the world, and do it, if nothing else, even if the whole thing goes down in flames, at least, you know, you can be on the sidelines sipping a cup of coffee and just enjoying the shadows being cast on the walls. I don't know. But one of the things that I do think that we really do have to start doing as a people is really start praying for them, really start praying for the leaders. And when I say the leaders, I mean, I don't mean politicians, although definitely pray for them as well. But I mean the people that pay the billions of dollars. What was the last election? How many billions of dollars was it was funneled through last election, through Super PAC, through dark money? I forget. I remember it was just a lot. I wish I could look it up right now. But we need to pay pray for the people that can cut billion dollar checks. Cause those are the ones that are really pulling the levers of governance. The you know, your 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 president, your senator is really just in stall number one. I see it as stall number one. They're they're the lead show horse. They get the best stall, you know, they get the corner office and whatnot. But that the corner office is just stall number one. We're all owned. We're all chattel. When it comes to how these people view the world. Don't believe me? go to the world trade organization it's available online you can find any of their reports on any nation on the planet and read through one of the world trade organization's report on a nation it reads like you're like the people and then our livestock really i mean that's just how it's viewed not in, not even in a negative way just as like a matter of fact way oh yes oh the chattel you know it's just that is the level of elite that i'm referring to and these are the people that most need our prayer and as evidenced by the prevalence of dark energy consciousness that flies around this planet and uh you will see and if not if you haven't seen it then it either means that you are pure soul which I say keep on keeping on you're beautiful we love you you're making the world a better place or if not uh maybe start reading a little bit but this is how we do it and this is how we fix it. and this is what I think is one of the greatest steps we can take towards fixing a lot of these problems is really spend our state every morning praying for your enemies and start with your leaders first. I think that's all. If I have anything else to add, I might make an episode three, but I just wanted to get this down here before I go shoot off out of here and go visit a friend and play some singing bowls and uh, and get my on. All right, all. Much love. Talk to you later. Bye.